on your end. Log Talk Radio. The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years' combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. And we're taking it away. We are definitely taking it away. So at least... I can feel comfortable that we're not on the road taking it down the road, just away. <laughs> just away. Just away. Yeah, so, and it's almost uh, a miracle that we were able to take it away because we had, which is becoming a regular thing, some random issues with technology this evening. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's almost like, okay, guys, I get it. We've got things going on out there. And it's weird because, I mean, I just changed headsets, um, like the, the, the Bluetooth. Um, I had had one that was starting to cut in and out, and I knew it was the, the Bluetooth because it was doing that with my audiobooks when I listened to them while I was driving. So yep. I'm like, okay, fine, I'll change, I'll change that. So yesterday, last night, I did a whole changeover, and I was sitting just like we're talking technology on my cell phone, and it kept cutting in and out, and I thought, it can't be the headset. And as it turns out, whatever it is, and it may actually be the signal, because I'm in a beautiful metal box called a mobile home, (laughs) and it could be just having, you know, a moment of that. But when you get to the landline, which we already know has got its issues, but it's yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm yeah, like just the funds of technology, but we made it work. Yeah, yeah. Well, so with that, how was your week? Oh, let's see. It's been. I, I I'll keep it brief. It's been busy. 
there's a lot going on in the family right now, like all good things, uh, mostly, you know, graduations. There are four women in my family graduating from different levels of schooling all in the next three weeks. The first one is tomorrow. So um, we have family in town, some of which I don't care for very much. So I'm stealing myself to deal with the challenges of blended families and having to have dinner with people you don't like, you know, all good stuff. Yeah, it always happens. Yeah, family stuff. What about you, Elvira? How's your week going? Oh, well, my week has been um, interesting. I like that word more and more to describe things that (laughs) may not always be the most, you know, lovable, exciting, fun, joyous. But nonetheless, um, it does present, uh, you know, the things that we can grow by. I've been busy, which I am very grateful for to the universe in terms of clients. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually have been skirting getting sick, so that's another one of those, like, oh, thank you for not making me have what everybody else has been having. But um, the stress of just being around a lot of people and not the clients, but just a lot of people, a lot of drama, a lot of stuff, um, my body has kind of been pushed and pulled in different directions. And um, and then on top of that, my daughter is having her fifth anniversary in marriage, 12th in being with her husband, and the eldest child in the family, his well, not the, his eldest, but the eldest from the children he has had at home, um, is graduating high school today. So I feel... Excited and happy, but sad and um, misty-eyed that I'm not able to be there and sure. uh, participate in it. My mm-hmm. uh, stepdaughter here and her family have been dealing with some stuff, so I, I kind of was at the right place at the right time to help with um, some things that they'd had happen, a uh, car situation that uh, kind of occurred and uh, got everybody, you know, kind of like energetically. I didn't do anything, you know, miraculously with what was going on, just kept everybody kind of focused. And now it's sort of, um, from what I heard uh, today, everything has been evening out, but there's a lot of energy there. And so I'm just like, okay, and and, uh, waiting for for some of the retrogrades to go direct, because I swear, honestly, I've said this, several times, I feel like with all the compliments of the retrogrades that presently exist planetarily, it feels mm-hmm. like a retrograde. Sure. You know, the technology, the, the you know, just things are just like glitching and, you know, weirding out. And I'm like, okay, um, so that's, other than that, um, you know, I mean, we had sun today, we weren't raining, mm-hmm. it was comfortable, yeah. you know, so that made me kind of feel exuberant and, and uh, you know, the rest of it is just daily stuff, getting things done that you need to get done for your particular life, and I'm okay with that. Um, I'm looking forward to Sunday because I'm going to be going to see James Redfield lecture on the Celestine Prophecy, which is an old book written in 1990. I mean, when you say old, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like back in the forefront of certain thinking. 
But yeah, it was a big deal when I was um, in high school, like in the mid nineties. Like I, you know, I went to a non-traditional high school, and that was one of the books they. Um, it wasn't required reading, but it was recommended reading. Ah, well, I can understand why. You know, looking at the fact that now I'm I'm revisiting it, and actually, audio is how I'm revisiting it at the moment. But yeah, um, it it's had a you know it's kind of like getting me uh, really re-energized in another way. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do, because obviously as we progress through the decades, um, what is, how the take is for what's happening now? I mean, how is he applying it with regards to the certain things that they were beginning to say were going to ha- begin to happen? And so now some of the things have already have are, have already started in motion, so you, you kind of, I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. So I get to do that on Sunday with a very dear friend, so I'm looking forward to that. And I'll be at Milk nice. and Honey on Saturday to do readings, and that yeah. Was, yeah, lovely. So that's pretty mm-hmm. much it. That's been my uh, progressed week, so to speak. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really nice. So I see that we have, this is our Ask a Witch, Ask a Witch, if I can say it correctly, segment. And I was looking at some of our questions, so um, we can delve right into that. I know that there's got to be a show where we do um, some of you know not not make fun of, but do something where the, the the questions that we are asked that sometimes are, as you pointed out on one of our shows, um, <laughs> you're not sure if they're being ingested or if they are real, but in actuality it might be an interesting segment to look at it and, and maybe do something with those in a different way than maybe what they're asking about. They discuss it in a different format, a more realistic format. So, Right. But anyway, so um, do you want to start with the first one or do you want me? I have no problem starting. Oh, sure. Go for it. I mean, Sandra asks, do you cast spells for free? Well, that's interesting because we do this as a living. Both Phoenix and I uh, do readings and spell work and root work. Um, I would probably give an answer no uh, unless there was a specific um, I mean, we do pro bono work through um, the uh, readersandrootworkers.org website, so that can be referred to, if in, and we have the various um, root workers and readers that um, participate. I probably would determine what the circumstances are, what the spell work is, that kind of a thing. What would you do? Yeah, well, so the question I find is very interesting, um, you know, because I am, I am, I'm reading it one way and I am assuming things about what this question means, but I want to, I want to open it up potentially bigger than that. Um, okay. Of course I cast spells for free because I cast spells for my friends and my family and my loved ones and uh, I cast spells for the betterment of society and for the health and healing of the planet and 
for women's rights and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I do a lot of spells for free. However, I also uh, believe that no spell is free. It costs my energy. It costs my resources. It costs what I put into the spell, whether that's just my energy and my spirit and my life force, or it costs the herbs that I'm putting into it or the uh, talisman I create or the oils that I blend or whatever. It's costing Mm -hmm. something. So uh, there is nothing free ever, period, in the world. Uh, Do I take on clients? For free, very rarely, very rarely, because I, my belief about all of this magical woo that we do, is because there is an energy exchange of mine that I am putting out towards the work that you want me to do on your behalf. There needs to be an energy exchange from you, in order to balance that out. And I have felt this way about magic from the very beginning and I know that this is kind of controversial there are many magical practitioners who don't think you should charge money whatever you're everyone's entitled to their opinion but as far as I'm concerned if you've got no skin in the game if you haven't put any of your energy into the situation then it it ain't gonna work so if all you can do if all you think you're capable of doing because let's be straight anyone can cast a spell it doesn't have to be me I don't have some mystical authority that's been bestowed upon me by Gerald Gardner right we all can do it but if you don't think you can Mm -hmm. then you you need to put your energy into it somehow and that might look like giving me money so I can do it for you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's interesting I I love our our rapport because there are times when I go off on on the discussion side and you're succinct and and I'm sitting here going no um, and that's pretty much the answer I give but you know you go off and and you've explained it very well and I would probably say ditto for the dynamic of what you've expressed and and expanded on it uh, but I really firmly strongly am behind the concept that you need to put something in. And I've always said it in a way that, you know, I don't care how powerful or fabulous or, you know, great I am in whatever it is I'm saying I'm going to do, I never, ever can approximate the desire, the need Mm -hmm. that you as the person who wants whatever it is you're wanting has and that is the high octane fuel that really makes it happen so you're right they have to bring in something and even when people do actually pay i also have them light a candle um i get creative if they can't burn candles i suggest that they take one of the led little um, candle lights and and energize that and hold it and be with the energy of that but all in all, nothing is free, no matter what. It's, it is an energy exchange, and it is a dynamic. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, and as you say, I don't read into something like, well, if you do, and if you do free spells, would you do one for me for blah 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 blah? And mm-hmm. I'm not taking it as limitedly as that might have, you know, might be or could be, but I am saying that even if it were that, there are things you need to do, because even with the pro bono work that um, 
the readers and root workers uh, do, the things that they are also required on their side to do because they are different things that, you know, they need, there's also an exchange, happens. So, that, you know, a prayer is energy. You know, when you say I put right. prayers out for you for good health or safe travel, that's energy. And that exchange, that goes out and it's part of what leads me to go out there. And, yes, I will get more in. But the point is, is there is, it is a source. And you have to respect that energy flow. So, yeah. 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 But, um yeah, and, you know, I also feel sometimes kind of frustrated because we are treat. You know, people ask for various reasons and want for various reasons, things that they are unable to pay for and everything. And I just keep looking at the fact of, and it's real. I mean, I personally don't have any kind of source of a community-based, uh, backing that will pay for the things that I need or sustain me in a life that I can do this for free. Um, and there are people right. in the community that do things in that manner because what they're called to do is they work at a job that they are, you know, whatever it is that they love, and this is done as part of their devotion. That's very real. And I, I honor it, and I am, you know, that is something I, you know, have great respect for. But right. as a general rule, we are not like a church that has, you know, disciples and priests and priestesses that they sustain in some form that they can do this. So that's yep, kind of absolutely. What that was my little excursion off. Into conversation, it is. I, I know we have that. It is. Um, it's interesting because I was talking to a woman who is a shamanic, um, does shamanic work and shamanic soul retrieval work. And for the longest time, she didn't want to charge because she felt this was part of you know um, her uh, path and her spiritual path. But. Mm-hmm. One of the things that my my father actually said a long, long time ago is that if you are, you know, in giving something away free, it doesn't mean always, but there right. is respect. There is a respect and an honoring, and you take it seriously, and you, 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 you are part of it. And, you know, that to me is why even a bushel of corn if we were living in an environment that that was part of would be important because of the exchange, just like you said. Right, right. Yeah, and I think we've talked about that before. You know, there isn't a, a, a temple or a priestess house or a, or a, a place where witches and pagans re- reside where they're mm-hmm. serving community. You know, we don't we don't have formal congregations. It's interesting. There was a, a blog. Well, no, it wasn't a blog post. One of my friends is considering writing a blog post about uh, clergy and paganism and and how this is a tricky and slippery slope. 
Um, and there are, there are people who are being trained and being clergy for pagans and for witches and wanting to be compensated for being clergy. And the reason this is complicated is because it doesn't look the same for everybody. So having some sort of blanket training doesn't really work. We're too uh, splintered as a, as a group, you know, to have one, one system of clergy. And I think that's, that's an interesting problem. Um, but it goes back to this doing spells for free. If there was a clergy that we were paying our community or supporting in our communities, making sure they had clothing and a place to live. And, you know, there, there are uh, Tibetan monks, and I don't remember the specific tradition. There's a thread of, of monks that only eat what they're able, what is given to them. So there are days that go by where they eat nothing because no one has brought them any offerings. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that isn't really possible in our contemporary Western world. Um, if it was, it, our world would be a very different place. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Anyway, and we should probably move along though, because we've spent a lot. Of I know, I know. This could get really into the diverse. So you get the next one to start off with. Oh, okay. So what's interesting is, um, so, you know, we, we have a handful of questions that we're answering today. And if, if you emailed us a question and it didn't get through and it was a real genuine question, please send it in again. Uh, you know, we do this show every other month or so. Um, and I, I do weed through the questions and I let a few through that I'm not quite sure what people are talking about or the people might be a little bit um, off kilter maybe uh-huh. so i'm uh-huh. not not necessarily is this next this next one off kilter i'm just putting that out there is is i don't we don't have any background about these questions we don't know who the people are we just get a name and a question and and so we have to kind of build the context ourselves so with that being said um okay. the next question comes from ryan who says, is there a way I can create a spell or ritual to put me in a world of my own where I can be alone unless I want to bring someone else? Hmm. Okay. And I would would say yes. There is a spell or a ritual where you can create a world of your own and you can choose who comes to this realm and you can choose how how much access they have and this is on the astral realm. So if you're looking for a physical realm where you can create your own world, that is magic that I don't know how to do. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but that is not something I've ever heard of, and it's not something I know how to do. But I have created astral temples uh, with my coven, and we go there and do ritual together. We go there when we're in different locations and do ritual together. We go there and leave gifts for each other if someone needs help or is ill or something. Um, so there is definitely ways to create astral worlds, astral temples, astral places um, mm-hmm. that are just yours. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, what did you add to that? Well, I'm going to go on a little offshoot. Actually, awesome. I, agree, I agree with what you're saying. Okay, in terms of the astral and the, the, the place that you can create on a non-physical realm, uh, one of the things that I can say is that certain um, games, you know, we're talking um, video games, we're talking now massive groupings of video games that include people from all over the world, 
Originally, I was thinking of Dungeons and Dragons as, as a as a board game that started. You know, there are other board games, but in terms of creating a world and you know doing that. So, if I were to take this to a more electronic point of reference, um, then you could create a world that you could be alone in and let others in and out. But again, it would not reflect in the real world and any kind of magic. I guess there is magic you can do to put barriers up. I mean, just like what we do when we do protection spells, you know, to protect mm-hmm. us against different things. So looking at that, there are those that can we can we can do that, but to actually create a real physical like fence that somebody can't walk in, that cannot walk into our our physical world, it is a physical world. And it does have laws that it follows. And when you use magic, it's in conjunction with the physical world we live in. Um, But there are options to take as an offshoot. As I say, you know, creating a, uh, a video game or a landscape that you want that you can you know, let in another, I don't want to call it a player, but another individual or decide mm-hmm. not to, I think it's very viable and very real on that context. But, again, Absolutely. I'm, you know, sitting here going, yes, we do it, a lot of us do it with meditation and, you know, being part of the, the energy fields and, and going to the astral plane, going to the, the next level up process to create the things that we one, just like, you know, people that I know create what they call happy spaces. And it's, you know, where they go to to be quiet and to be, you know, to, to envision their world uh, and their desires and things. They create that. You know, we, we talk about visualization. Um, but living in that world and never being part of the physical world puts us in jeopardy of, um, and I don't, I'm not, I, I want to avoid making this situation the person is asking specific, but that can become a mental process, a mental illness is what they would describe it as. Um, and actually, I remember um, one of the TV series. Now, you may remember it more because I didn't watch it regularly. But there was a woman, an older woman, that in the series, she has an illness, she is, and she goes into the realm of the non-physical and has a whole world and a man she loves and, and everything. And basically, what she's asked and what she was fighting for, and it was, oh, God, it was not Murphy Brown, and it wasn't um, the other one with William Shatner, but... Um, and I can, I can see the person, but anyway, Callista Affleck, I think, was in it. Anyway, she basically wanted to be put into a coma state so she could live in this realm for the rest of her physical, you know, for, for, for a reason that she was in a place where physically she couldn't um, mm-hmm. exist in this plane very much longer um, in the manner she would like. So, I mean... I don't know how real that could be in, in our real world. I mean, it was a, it was a TV series and a script, but um, there is, you know, that. But 
but in diagnoses, people would, you know, there's a certain point where people do live in their own world and don't let others in. And it's not right. just disease. It's they choose mentally to do that. And then right. the family members get upset and concerned or not. But I hope that sort of gave a bigger, we can go over the, the territory bigger than just a simple linear answer. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So. All right, two down. Look at oh, can we take a break real quick? Yes, why don't we do that? It'll always be good. Get that out of the way. Let's we'll take a quick okay. break and then we'll come back with more ask a question. question. All right. All right. Revenge on them. 
just, mm. you know, that's the difference. It's like I love an alcoholic and I want them to stop drinking, so I'm going to do all this work on them. The end product is they have to be the ones to get to a point where going into rehab, going into the programs is what they want, not what we want. And part of the revenge is that you want her to suffer because she hurt you. And um, I can't say that we don't feel that, but I also feel that it does interfere because there is that, like, yes, but process. And right. So that's sort of my version. We'll probably kick off more, but what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I would say that this is a, a bigger problem than a simple question of, you know, I want to do revenge spells and love spells at the same time. This is an unhealthy relationship. So it's actually, um, you know, the first step to play mom and if you were my client, what I would say was you've been really hurt by this person. Are you sure you really want them back in your life? Uh, Because in order to move forward and have a healthy relationship, you have to forgive them for hurting you. You have to move past it. You have to heal from it. And and right now, if you want to curse someone, if you want to do revenge spells, you're not ready. Uh, so you, before you even start doing love spells, you may want to really look at whether you want this relationship or not. And that might be a lot harder to face than doing love spells or revenge spells. You know, the, what I know because of my, my own personal experiences is when you're wounded by someone that you trust and care about, you want to take action. And sometimes that action looks like healing and solving and bringing back together. And sometimes that action looks like smashing and hurting and causing pain because you're in pain. And both of those things are okay. And they're not always mutually exclusive. However, if, if the feeling for causing the other person pain is the driving force and is so large you can't let it go, then you might not be able to even repair the relationship and all the love magic in the world won't be able to shift that for you. So magic is not the first thing I would go to here. I would say take a pause, maybe get a reading, you know, find out what, what is the best choice. Is this relationship worth saving? Maybe go to therapy and talk about how wounded and hurt you are because this person's been sleeping around. You know, how are you going to deal with those feelings if they promise to never do it again, trust has been broken. How do you repair trust? So there's a lot more going on here than just simple magic. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it starts with actual human emotion and dealing with that shit first. That goes That's back what I would say. <laughs> yeah. that, that keeps going back to magic is an augmentation to things. It is not the solution to situations. And um, I I agree with Phoenix on the steps. Uh, It's why does she want to sleep around? You know, there are things that she, you know, it's, and again, when you have someone who is unfaithful and you have given them your love and trust, then what that comes down to is I'm not good enough for them. And from I'm not good enough, then it becomes the anger to strike back. So there is a lot of, of 
reactionary processes, and that really is um, when you do that kind of revenge work, the one thing I tell people, you know, it doesn't mean that you are going to get the same back down the road, like, well, mm-hmm. I cheated and then I'm going to get cheated on. That's an old, an old way to look at it. It's kind of interesting because you broaden your horizon. You may do that kind of revenge work, but then mm-hmm. down the road you might get something in your work environment that is of that nature or, you know, family or friends or health. I mean, there's all these things that go into making up our world, and it isn't as like, if I do A, then it will be A to you too, and B to B. It doesn't, it, it's, you know, it's not that kind of process. And so when, you know, and we say energy is never destroyed, it just changes form. Um, that's one of the biggest things I talk to people about in terms of when they want to do revenge work on someone who has hurt them in that manner. Um, and um, get a bigger world view, uh, we are the microcosm to the macrocosm, which means not just the universe, but to the rest of the world. And if we keep going, right. I, I, you know, I, I love the idea, eye for an eye, we'll all be blind. The point being is that it never, ever solves the situation. Right. So I would, you know, take these steps with oneself first, to come into balance before you consider the idea of, like, going after somebody because of this. And, you know, again, she may feel inadequate in her own way, and this is how she keeps from committing to any one person. Mm-hmm. So there's a second right. party. And, and it also sounds like you're, they're not together, right? I feel right. as though I love her and I, want, and I want her back. Okay, well, you might love her. You You probably do. But that doesn't mean you should or you should continue to. This person and uh, might not be in the right space to give you what you need. You might not be in the right space to give them what they need. So you kind of have to look at this. You have to take a step out, which is really hard to do when you're full of heightened emotions. Mm-hmm. But it's important to take a step out of the situation and look at it as if it's not yours. If, so, if a friend or a loved one came to you and said, this is what's going on, what should I do? What advice would you give them? How would you caretake for someone experiencing the emotions that you're experiencing and, and treat yourself there from that place, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think, I think going into spell work is too soon, either love or, or kind of revenge work. Neither of it's a good idea right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Phoenix says, we don't have all the backstory, okay? And when we do work with people, we both get backstories. Just like when you go to a doctor and you fill out the forms that they ask you to give you the history so that when, you know, you're talking about, well, just take care of my, my finger right now, but you didn't tell me that you also had, you know, high blood pressure and I can't give you this medication for this. So we do diagnostic for a reason, so we get a better yeah. understanding. So, you know, but you can't in a reading, uh, in, a, in a situation like this, really do that because right. you're getting a question, you're giving us a question, but we don't have time for the backstory in that way. So, you know, there is always 
you know, again, what Phoenix has said, get a reading, get get somebody to to get an to to help you get a better idea of the scope of what's going on before you take off doing something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So Elvira, I'm wondering if we move to Kira's question because we sure. have limited time and I feel like this one might be something that actually needs a immediate type of answer. No problem. All right. You okay. start, darling. So, all right. So we have um, from Kira the following. I need a protection spell from Black Magic that someone has put on me and my family. Um, so we have a whole episode about protection magic. So that's a great resource. It's a place to start. Mm-hmm. Uh, but protection magic is, uh, in my opinion, is a twofold process. If you've already ha- have someone throwing at you, if you're already dealing with a curse or some sort of negative energy that's being put your way, you first have to neutralize that and clean it out. It's kind of like if you have mold, you don't just paint over it. You have to kill the mold first and then put the paint, right? So uh-huh. cleansing, 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 cleansing you, cleansing your family, cleansing the house, cleansing your vehicles, cleansing your workspace. And this is not an easy process. Doing a full-on spiritual cleanse takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of elbow grease. It sucks. <laughs> I hate doing <laughs> spiritual cleansings, but they're important. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that should become a part of your regular routine. You don't have to do it every day, but you should be doing some sort of spiritual cleanse regularly. Because if someone's taking that much time to throw negativity at you and your family, it might be something that goes on for a while. Uh-huh. Um, the, the second step is setting up the protections, and that can be done with ritual. That can be done with um, setting up wards and shields around your home, putting amulets on yourself, or like I, there's a. I've mentioned this before. It might even be on our protection magic podcast. But Charles Porterfield, who's a, a hoodoo worker from Texas. Um, he assigned me a specific working of taking tin foil and putting Vicks Vapor Rub on the, the, the non-shiny side of it and then folding that up um, and putting it in all the window ledges of the house and putting that in every family member's purse or wallet. Um, and I have found that to be very effective. Wow. So it's setting up boundaries, setting up protections, and making sure that everyone in your family has protections that go with them when they leave the house. And there's Mm -hmm. more, you know, reversals and mirror boxes and graveyards and blah, blah, blah. But the the core of it is clean up that mess and set up a boundary so it can't get back in. Mm -hmm. That's where I would start. What about you? Wow, that's as efficient and succinct as I could probably ever think of. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm like going, I'm awestruck. Um, so, <laughs> well, you know, sometimes we, both of us have ways to approach things. And um, depending on what it is, there is a certain, like, just we get right in the groove and we can give it, and then, you know, the rest of the time the other person is kind of going, yeah, that too, and this. But what I will say is definitely, definitely do cleansing um, because the first thing is that you, you know, okay, um, thinking of a house, you, you know, you're going to move in. 
you don't move in. Yeah, the person said they had it cleaned and they had the carpets washed and, the, you know, that. Most of us before, you know, most of us spiritually, before we go into a house, we will literally go through and cleanse the spiritual side. We will run around. I know my, when I moved in here, I'm sure the people were, you know, wondering what the hell we were doing. But, you know, doing the, the saging, doing the, the, you know, Chinese wash or a, you know, a um, environment where we've made a liquid uh, protection, uh, liquid cleansing that we, we spurge and then we wash the windows and and spray and do all that. And, you know, then you kind of go through the process of the yard. Because the house is one thing, but then there's the yard or the, the garage or whatever. And our cars, our cars are, are consistently, especially when, you know, we're out there in it as a mobile environment that we run around in and the workspace. So definitely cleansing, definitely. And then, as Phoenix said, putting wards up, putting, uh, you know, Stones in corners, anchoring energy, programming. Um, you know, programming is, is basically sitting with um, an object or a stone and putting that energy in. This is like a giant deflector, and it starts a globe energy that you, you put them in all, you anchor it, and then you sort of push a button, which is your energy um, that you're thinking, okay, let it all go into effect now. And since we have computer graphics, we can always require our minds to go, okay, see the little bubble of glass just go up, and it's a protective shield that is, you know, like mm-hmm. super great. And don't forget to do underneath that, you know, like see the protection go under the ground, under where you're at, not just like right. a half dome because, you know, there are ways to, you know, get underneath things and, and uh, bring harm that way. And then you know, with yourself, and um, stones are always a thing that I have worked with for a long time, and specific amulets um, and designs, designs that are talismans that come in. So uh, people have favorite pieces of jewelry that they work with and Mm -hmm. uh, things like that, and yeah, put it in purses, put it in wallets, you know, carry it. it. It's designed for that, and the other part is, is re-energize it at certain times, like full moon yeah. and, you know, like the, 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 the solstices and, you know, many times of the year as well as times of the month that you re-energize your protection. And, you know, mm-hmm. as Phoenix said, cleansing is something that we do with our bodies and it's something we do with our houses. We vacuum, we dust, maybe I don't consider myself dusting every, you know, day or every week, but, you know, it's, it's dusting, and that's the whole idea, get the stuff out. And, right. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and there's probably stuff in your house right now that you can start using just to set some boundaries and start cleaning. Like, if you've got bay leaf in your spice rack or in your spice cabinet, just burn a few bay leaves in your house and then put some leaves in the corners of your house and put a salt perimeter around your house. Uh, You know, you don't have to go necessarily and buy anything crazy or do anything expensive. You probably already have things at home right now that you can do. And even a bay leaf is like my go-to. I don't have anything else because I always have a ridiculously huge thing of bay leaf that I'm never going to go through in my entire lifetime <laughs> in, in the in my spice cabinet. 
So uh-huh. Bailey's is always like one that most people have, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and like I said, there's a whole radio show that we've done about this topic, but um, things that are easy to get a hold of, black tourmaline uh, is a stone putting that in the perimeters of your house, that's a really good protection stone. If there is a symbol like a pentacle or a cross or a a specific astrological symbol that when you look at it, you feel protective, getting some cascaria or eggshell chalk and drawing that on your windows or on your walkways or on your body even like all these, there's always, there's lots of ways to do little things to start shifting the energy but if this is something heavy that is bigger and no matter what you're doing, you're not feeling a shift, then you might need to go and hire someone to help you. Um, you might need a little bit of assistance depending on how, um, how long someone has been working against you or what kind of work they've done. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And there's that. Right at the moment, I mean, obviously, both Phoenix and I belong to the readers and rootworkers.org. Um, there are stores, you know, metaphysical stores that are in your area uh, that you can connect with and find out if there are workers of that nature or readers, uh, you know, to find someone that's physically located to you to have maybe help cleanse out the, the uh, physical properties and locations. So, um you know, we're we're all over the place, even in places when people don't think we're there. I mean, uh, and we keep a, a, a certain low profile, but you will find us. We are we are accessible. Whether it's you know, I mean, California, it's, we're probably more accessible in California than anywhere else. But um, mm-hmm. and you know, energetically can be cleaned. You know, people from long distance can do energy work that they will then direct you to do certain things. So there is that. But definitely, um, if it is, as Phoenix said, it's stronger, you do need help. Please go find them, get get the uh, diagnostic, and then work with the, the, the individual. Um, I will make one caveat. Um, be aware of... The, the cost factor, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're exorbitant, but practical. Practical mm-hmm. so you are, um, so that it, you are not taken advantage of. I know that, you know, both Phoenix and I get people, you know, connecting with us because they've had not so good experiences with people. So, um, again, it is, I know it may be a desperation or it may be need and there's a fear, but please do research um, as to, you know, what you're getting into as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do decide you need to hire someone, great. Um, and like Elvira said, know who you're getting involved with. Do a little bit of research. And there may be a cost. But if the cost is, you know, $2,000, you should really reconsider. <laughs> and. and you know, a lot of what someone's going to do, you can actually do for yourself. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So our final question is Nicholas. And Nicholas's question, one of my powers, one of my powers can feel and manipulate all the energies of the earth around me. What is that ability called? 
Are there any spells that can make it stronger? And if it's okay, can you do a tarot reading to see if the energy power will do me any good? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm kind of, um, I'm on the fence here. So uh, when you say um, one of your powers is you can feel and manipulate all energies of the earth or around me, um, an empath is someone who feels the energies of others. So the, the fact that this could be empathic is part of it. Manipulate, um, the question is for good or personal use versus, you know, for help, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a thing. And, you know, earth energies, yes, we can do the process of working in conjunction with energies. Um, I would probably say I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm I'm kind of at a loss to say what that ability is called. Do you have an idea what it would be called, Phoenix? Um, I don't. I don't know what it would be called. Um, you know, I've I've heard people refer to themselves as elementals or, um, you know, having a specific relationship with a specific element, right? And here the, the this question is referring to earth energy. So, you know, I, I'm actually curious more about what what does that mean? You know, does that mean that that this person has great success in growing plants? Does this mean this person can cause earthquakes? Does this person, uh, can they call animals to them? Like this could manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and being able, being able to feel and man, the word manipulate is always a red flag for me because it, uh, manipulation is not a negative thing, right? I get that. The, the meaning of the word is it's not a negative word, but it can uh, what what is the purpose for manipulating the energy? Why? why? What would be um, the reason to do something like that? And if it, I I don't know what it would be called, so I'll just yeah. start with that. Maybe telekinesis. I don't know. Um, but if there's spells to make it stronger, I I don't think there is a spell to make it stronger. I think practice makes it stronger, uh, and having a, a practice with that is going to give you greater control and um, power over it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that, you know, being the last part is, you know, to do a tarot reading personally um, to see if the power, you know, the power will do him any good. Um, the question I would want to ask, in what way? You know, in what way will, are you looking at it to do you good? Is it so you can hear a doctor and you can help heal people more? Is it, you know, someone that you work with to help, that you're working in a field where doing this might help the, the whale survive more or something of that nature? Then I would probably be able to give you at least a better uh, deeper uh, answer than yes or no um, in terms of that. So did you want to pull cards on this or did you, you know, how do you feel about this process? Um, I, I don't know that I want, pulling cards is necessary. I mean, we can, but I think it, it, the underlying question for me goes back to why. So yeah. know, are you looking to, or is this for personal gain? Is this to help? Um, heal is this you know to cause chaos in your neighborhood 
you know, what, what is your intention? And without knowing that, pulling cards isn't going to give us any information that's going to be helpful, at least in my opinion. Um, well, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. it's interesting because just because I'm curious, the the particular the particular cards I pulled were the Seven of Pentacles and the Four of Swords, which, mm. you know, kind of tell me that the abilities aren't fully ripe and pulling away a little bit, not being, so, you know, meaning having the reason for what you want it be clear and concise, um, but honestly in harmony with the elements. You know, we're not talking, we can't answer, it could be good for you because you want to manipulate the things to cause, you know, massive success for you and destruction for your, your competitors. Well, um, you, we can't answer that in completion. So to me, it's almost like there isn't enough with the, the uh, Seven of Pentacles. There's not enough here to actually give something uh, meaningful and, you know, enhancing the, you know, saying, oh, yeah, it's good for you to go do this because we don't know what mm-hmm. you want to do. If, you know, right. if you and it would be irresponsible of us as readers to yeah. arbitrarily give an answer that would say, oh, yeah, go ahead and do that because our card said so. And then, of course, you're going to say, well, you know, because of whatever it was, these readers told me, and bleh, you know. So mm-hmm. we have a responsibility yeah. to know what we're saying yes and no to in terms of the, the reading and what's there. So to me, Seven of Pentacles is it's not time, you know, to, to yeah. de- unless you determine what you want and then you focus on that. And the Four of Swords is usually pulling back, pull back from mm-hmm. that concept and, and work with what yeah. it is you want to do. Yeah, so, I would say more information is needed. Yeah, yeah. definitely more information. But, but um, that brings us to the end of our time. No Definitely kidding. Right. This is just, you know, as we say, time flies. Um, yeah. So if you sent us a question and did not get on, please resend it. Uh, we do get many questions that don't make it on to each show, and we do go back to try and catch the ones that might have not made it. But it's not a perfect system, so do try again. And if you'd like us to answer your question on a, a, an upcoming show when we do our Ask a Witch segment, which is about every other month, sometimes a little bit longer, go to our website, which is witchpriestesscauldron.com, and fill out the little questionnaire on the question you want us to talk about. Right. Also realize if it's something time-sensitive, um, it might be something you would contact either one of us um, to work on personally uh, yeah. in terms of that because, quite frankly, if it's something, well, I have a court case that's coming up next week, I mean, and we're like right. three weeks down the road that's going to happen, you know, that is another kind of issue here with regards to certain kinds of questions. Absolutely. So, and next week we have the North Goddess Suma, I believe it is. Sana, yay! Sana, yay! It won't be raining anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, at this point, I look at it going, well, this weekend it's supposed to rain. I'm like, yeah, falling great, but we will look for the sun. That's right. We'll so. see you next week. Okie doke. See you on the radio. Take care. 
Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Weon Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.